this crazy world we live in, when people use the word geek, it can create certain impressions. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream. Let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype. I'm your super dummy Paul. This is Geek. I'm Chris Phelps. I'm one of the co-founders, co-hosts of the Comics Emotion podcast, which is now the Comics Emotion Network, which is growing by the day, week. New shows being added all the time, which I've which got to give Dave full credit for because this was uh, his baby. The podcast was ours, but we, you know, we do that. We're, I'm a co-host of the VHS Strikes Back, and we also do a reality one, which is absolute nonsense and for some bizarre reason he's so successful he's called the cd reality cast chris and Dave's reality cast and we've got a new one where we're doing one about the office uh the uk season one and two and all the specials i know a lot have covered it but me and dave's um kindred spirits when we were in the band together that's how we sort of connected was talking about the office everyone else in the band was like it's a load of crap don't like don't know what it is thought it was real and me and dave would just be like throwing one-liners out there in practice and at gigs and it just became like our thing so like we've always loved ricky gervais and stuff so uh, that's where we got together so we, we do this one which we're going to start doing we're, what we're going to do is called back to the office so we're going to release that as one shot instead of doing a weekly show the idea is that we're going to try and do them all together and do a Netflix job and see what the score is with it, see how we go with them algorithms and stuff. So we're, we're sort of meandering to, through recording and we're sort of trying to watch one episode and then record so we don't bleed in to each other. So that's me and my biggest geekdom more than anything, more than podcasting, more than anything I do is video games that is the thing i've played since i was three four years old atari 2600 i'm 42 now and it's not stopping anytime soon i'm surrounded i've got a a man cave when we moved house like seven years ago i had my own sort of area in the kitchen with such a big kitchen i had like a sofa bed my consoles and when we moved to the new house i said to my wife sam i said i I want a man cave if we're going to move i want my own room and, and she's, I can see some, she's on the other side of these double doors, but we've literally got mirrored living rooms. So we sit together, but when I want a game, I come in here, I've got a massive cupboard next to me, which is full of, I've got a, a Nintendo section, Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Sega. I've got all the consoles, all the games. I, I build little Raspberry Pi consoles with like the arcade games on, do stuff like, I mean, it's not, it's not something I do full time like that, but I've built them in the past. I've got xboxes with thousands of arcade games and i've got games consoles controllers all around me gaming pc and this isn't a boasting thing because it's like how much passionate i am about gaming um i mean i've got a joker picture right in front of me heath ledger why so serious so there is the there is the geek stuff to it like the, the the comic book narrative but as a i'm a superhero movie tv fan not a comic book fan but all the latest consoles come out and i'm hunting them down for friends, family. One of my friends today, he's got a PS5. I bought it from yesterday because you can't get them anywhere. And I've scalped to stop the scalpers who were just raiding everybody from getting him. I've, I've done my small win since November when I got mine on release. I've got about half a dozen PS5s and about five or six Xboxes because I have different things and apps just to try and snag them for my friends so they're not overpaying. But yeah, gaming 
has been, that is my biggest, geekiest thing where every single day I'm 42 years old. I, I work with a right lot. I mean, I've, I've got a manual job, so I'd like, I work with loads of like big, hefty rugby players, head cases. I mean, I'm a, I'm a biggest guy. I'm 6'2", but I'm not like, I don't renown myself as a tough guy. I'm not like that. But I think when you see me, a lot of people think, oh, he's, you know, like you said, that it's, it's more, the, the geek stereotype is not who I am, but that's who, my whole family are gamers. My whole family, every night, my family, we, we play FIFA, pro clubs every single night and literally all together. Call, I mean, there's the cliche stuff like FIFA, Call of Duty, and then I have my own stuff to play, but gaming has been part of our life forever. And it's, it, it won't ever go. And my daughter, well, looking, my wife plays a lot, not as much as, as me. We've just completed a game called Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's come out on the PlayStation. We come out on all the consoles, but the PS5, we finished it on. And then my daughter, she's just a massive gamer. And that is completely my fault. You know, she's every day. So she's 20. So it's like every day. She plays FIFA with us and that. She's she she plays all of the games. She's really good at them. So yeah, it's it it's an important thing in our family gaming. So much so. It is I grew up in a house, these nine, I'm the oldest of nine kids. So it's like I, you know, my youngest sister's 21, you know, she's a year older than my daughter. So it's proper, uh, yeah, it's, it's very thing, but across the whole family, I think there's only, the only person who doesn't play video games is my mum. And my dad, it's true. Like my mum's 63, my dad's 65 in September. My dad's played Paul, I'm not exaggerating. And he still plays Call of Duty 4 every single day. And he's played it from the 360 when it came out in 2007 to now. So he's played it for nearly 14 years. And he has got hundreds of days racked up playing that game. Because you know when you play it, like you play an hour, there's an hour. And then obviously if you play 24 hours since a day, he has played hundreds and hundreds of hours of that game. It's ridiculous online. He plays it every day. Nothing else. Any other Call of Duty game comes out and then we get the rant on Facebook, how it's crap and all this. And he just goes back to COD 4 and... We 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 used to, and this is true, if it was coming up to like a summer holiday or Christmas holiday or end, whatever it was, my dad would write, this is so bad, because luckily my daughter's 20 now, so I can get away with saying all these stories, but my dad used to write a letter for me, my brother, my best mate, and we would spend three days doing a, at the end of term, a three, with my dad, a three-day tournament on PGA European Tour Golf on the Mega Drive, and he'd write a note for my best mate as if it was his mum and dad, and he'd be off school as well, saying we were all sick. And we would just play games day, night. My mate had a, we, we decided that my mate kept his SNES. We had a Mega Drive. So in the day when his mum and dad were out, we played Mario Kart all day. And then w- when they come back from work, we'd come to ours and we'd play Mega Drive games. And it was just, yeah, forever, forever and ever gaming. It's, it's alien for a lot of people who think it's quite anal. But but that is my thing. It's, it's just, I can't explain it, like the joy playing video games gives me a, and I think it's an escapism thing as well. Like you, you know, the, the greatest of upbringing. So I think it's one of them, like the, the gaming was always the, the, the release. Do you know what I mean? Like going off into a fantasy world and just completely forgetting about your surroundings. We always had a games console, which we were so lucky to, and we were not rich. So we were, you know, a council house we grew up in, never had any money, but we always had games consoles and we were always ducking and diving, trying to save up money from somewhere or someone's birthday. It was like, it's like a rite of passage. If it was your birthday, you're buying a game. You know, it doesn't matter who you was in the family. So yeah, it's very important to me. I mean, I'm a massive movie fan, you know, things like that. And I did read comics. So, so, 
So when I was a kid, like, as I say, we had no money whatsoever. So, so we would literally get like 50p a week. And I remember weekly, or, um, I used to buy the Beano and Dandy, not obviously Marvel, DC stuff, anything like that. It was always local UK stuff. So I used to buy the Beano and Dandy religiously. And then they used to bring out, the Beano used to bring out like a once a month sort of A5 size sort of paperback book. And it used to, it used to cost like £1.20 and it'd be like, Dennis the Menace or the Bass Street Kids or whatever. And I used to buy buy it. And I, I really did used to buy them ones. I never, I always loved, I always had like Spider-Man, you got pictures of me in my Spider-Man pajamas when I was like four or five years old. I, I loved that. I hated Incredible Hulk. I was petrified of the Incredible Hulk as a kid. Honestly, I was petrified of him. I was so scared. Even up to the age of about 12, I was petrified of Incredible Hulk. And um, so ridiculous now when you look back, but I was so scared when he used to change. I used to like have like proper fits over it. I hated it. Um, but so I always, and I, I used to, I used to draw comic, my own comic at school. Like we used to be with a couple of friends. I was, I wasn't a great, I'm okay at caricatures, but I'm not, you know, I could just cartoon guys, but I'm not talented like that. There was people far talented than me. I could just do enough, but we used to write and make our, make, make comic books. And then, um, in the school, they'd have loads of the old Beano and Dandy comics. So they are very UK, as you know, English comics very sort of slapstick when you read them now they're god awful i went back and went to a local comic book store and i bought some wolverine stuff and hulk stuff because dave was like you are gonna start reading you know when we first started doing comics in motion so i was like right right and that was the that was the experiment with the podcast he would make me want to read more and all it ended up doing is make me want to watch more films so so because <laughs> it's just easy it's just being lazy i think so but I did end up buying them and reading them thinking these are goddamn terrible. And I actually went back to the era where they were like 50p a copy and I bought about 10 copies and they were, they were going back to when I know I used to read them. And I, I actually got some by chance that I knew I'd read because I'd read them religiously. I was like, oh, I've read this. I've read this story. These, And I used to read one, one called R. Woolley or the Bruins, the Scottish uh, ones. So in the daily record, I mean, I've not got any Scottish family. My my granddad's Irish, but not Scottish. But my mum, for some reason, used to buy the day. Is it the, the Sunday record or something like that? Or the Sunday people? It was a Scottish one. And it was um, just a comic strip, a bit like um, Handicap. And it was the Bruins were a family. And there was like about 10 of them, like a granddad, a dad. A bit, a bit like, I suppose it was a bit like the Simpsons. They were all like different brothers and sisters. And they all lived in one house. And then R. Wally was a young lad who was a bit like Dennis the Menace, but he was like a Scottish version. And uh, and for some reason, I used to, every Christmas, I used to always want the, the annual, the, the, the actual hardback annual of every comic strip that I've been on from daily for the year, and it all bred into one different story. So so I've still got them upstairs. I've still got them, them, them books upstairs. But that's where, for me, that stopped, as in geek culture. So I was up to, say, 10, 11 Comics were there, but but gaming has been from. Gosh, I used to play the old. My, my nan used to have the the, the the pong thing. You know, they used to tw- used to. I'm doing the hand motion that you can see, but you used to twist twist the thing and it go up and down on it like that with the ball and make that daft noise. And you'd, if you had a black and white TV, you'd have to like try and find the channel and all that. But then we ended up with um, we had got second hand Atari twenty six hundred in about nineteen. 84, 85, so it was like six, seven. And I remember having Star Wars, Crystal Cape, Crystal Castles, uh, Popeye. And that's where it started. The gaming started. And the first console we ever got bought was 1987 Christmas, was a Master System. This is how geeky and sad I am. Is I remember that we got a Master System 
two control pads, Kung Fu Kid, World Grand Prix, and Great Golf. Great Golf was for my dad, and we used to play. And I've actually got to my left a copy of World Grand Prix, which I bought. I still need to get Kung Fu Kid and um, Great Golf on the Master System because they were they were the first ever games we ever had, uh, but we'd ever bought for ourselves properly. So yeah, it's like a proper. So I'd say eighty five to eighty seven is when I got into gaming properly. Because the, because we didn't have anything, and it was always like that was like such a big thing. Like, like, like we never had anything, but my dad would just randomly we'd have no trainers, t shirts, and no great new clothes. But we would just randomly go and and buy a ridiculous games console or something. Which looking back was probably stupid, but obviously for me now it's like I'm so glad you did. But we we never realised because I think it was escapism. I think we just happened to that many kids put me in front of a telly probably ahead of the time we, we we were probably like the kids are now where they just sit in front of the tv and just game and we were we were big sega fans so we had a master system and a mega drive we never had a nes we did get a snes but not when it first because my best mate had one so we played on his every day so we didn't need one and and i think it was just like we would just sit in our room and we and i think it was more a safe thing as well we, we grew up in the middle of old trafford in, in manchester so it wasn't exactly the best place it isn't now at times so I think it was just they knew where we were. We'd play football and do all that sort of stuff in the day, but at night, my mum and dad knew where we were. If it would, you know, and if it was raining, it was an excuse to game all day. So I, th- I think, I think that's what it is. It was just something that it was convenient to throw us out the way. We were happy, they were happy, and, and uh, it grew from there. But yeah, the, the and my friends were, but a lot of my friends who we grew up with gaming don't game now. I'm like, I am like the anomaly, really. I know a few of them have got kids and that now, so they. You know, they know a bit about Fortnite and, and things like that, but I'm the go-to guy for everybody usually if they need some gaming information, where you buy this console from, where you... Because honestly, last September when they released the PS5 pre-orders, I said to every single person on my social media, my friends, if you want this console, especially with lockdown, get your pre-orders in. Did anybody listen? No. And every single person since then has been messaging me who who, who I told and because the kids wanted to, you know, someone messaged me three days before Christmas and he knew on PS5s, mate. I'm like, are you actually, I said, you got more chance of the, of the genie granting you three wishes to get one than, than getting one, you know? And so, so I've, <laughs> I, you know, it just stuff things that, but yeah, it, it's, I can't explain why, why it means so much to me, but I think it's just that, it's that escapism, I think more than anything. I think that's probably why it, it resonates so well with me because like I say and it's not being thingy but we didn't have a great upbringing so I think it's like that was our escape from everything so yeah it meant you meet and it, and it's nice because I know the world's gone crazy and like online is this online that but there's nothing better than sitting there with your brother beating him him beating you and you having a scrap after it because he, he got beat on a game and my brother was notorious he had a bad temper with him he used to throw the control pad across the room but it's not like these days because they were attached by a wire so the, the consoles used to get launched across the room as well so i've had many a brawl over him damaging our consoles and that <laughs> with lockdown and what happened last year and i mean i did do so about three or four months ago when the, the consoles first come out i had i did through Macmillan a 24-hour game streaming, which for me was, I lasted 22 hours. And then I, I, by three in the morning, I had to stay up. So I was like, I can't do it. I'm so tired. Because I get up every day at like quarter to four, four o'clock for work. And I'm like, 
couldn't do it and, and I'd not prepared. Dave was laughing, saying, you're not even, you're just going to just go for it, aren't you? You're not like prepared. I went, no, I'm just going to go for it. Because that's what I'm like, dead impulsive and just, you know, just like I can do it. And, get the, and then I got so tired and then they ended up doing like 30 hours streaming in the end because it was like so um, just normal for me to be able to spend hours and hours gaming. But what, but what I would say is, the one thing with lockdown, as much as it's fantastic, me and the wife spent so much time together, me and Sam, my daughter, they were furloughed. I was lucky to still be working and I've worked all the way through and they've been in, a, they're working again now, which is great, but they've been in and out of work for the last year. But gaming has been such, such a, it's the, it's the norm anyway, but it's it's so important for me now with the online world, with keeping in touch with my family, friends. It's as important as like WhatsApp groups and text messages because we all play together you know like friends family we're all this big group which is great and we don't play really with random people i'll play like certain games online games like a game called PUBG, where you just it's like a battle royale game i love it i play it every every day nearly but i very rarely play that with people but all the other stuff i play and and i think what's been one of the positives look one of the biggest positives for lockdown industry-wise the biggest growth industry has been even more than it ever was and it's bigger than movies now is gaming this last year, they, I mean, they, they couldn't, they can't even get enough consoles out because of what's happened. There's a lockdown and people just scalping them and that. But the actual um, digital sales for gaming has just far exceeded anything because people are just playing gaming and people were buying consoles. I think the Nintendo Switch was by far the best selling console last year because of lockdown and they were like rocking us, uh, you know what. So, um, but yeah, it's been a massive thing for me this year. And it's been the norm, but it's also great because I get to spend more time gaming than I probably ever have for years, really. You know, so yeah, it's it's been a great experience and one of my, my my favorite hobby, really. When you're looking at like how people grow and, and change and stuff, and I get it at work, like the lads at work, like, oh, new computer game coming out now and all this. And I used to take days off new games coming out i've queued up i'm the guy who queues up at 12 o'clock to buy the consoles the game i've been that guy yeah i've been there for years buying the console i don't i don't necessarily need to anymore because obviously like a, a few times i'm like i'm not doing it but i for years i was there midnight couldn't wait i'd literally go and buy the game or the console and then by like 20 past 12 i'm tucked up in bed like done it's just the fact of going to get it and having it, you know, for when I get up, it's ridiculous. It's so, so bizarre. But yeah, I've been to many midnight openings. I've, I've, I mean, I actually, this is true, this, this is, this is, I actually had this confirmed as well by game. But in 2013, I was the, the first person in the whole of the UK to pre-order the PS4. And and it was like this big, it was a big mantle that I was like so proud. When I look back now, I'm like, didn't really matter, did it, Chris? But at the time, it was like, yeah. And I was, I won't mind, I was 33 years old, I'm 32, whatever it was, or 34. So very bizarre. But yeah, the child in me never goes with gaming. I can be dead, I, I can be dead serious. I'm a maintenance team leader. I've got a big, I've got a team of 11 guys, but you get me talking about gaming. Don't matter how serious I'm pretending to be at work, it's all over. <laughs> I've worked, I work for, um, it's a, the biggest advertising company in the UK, JC Deco. Um, worked there 16 years, 16 years last week. Before that, I'd worked in offices. So from the age of like 16, I wanted to be a fireman and a, a, or an electrical engineer. Went college in electrical engineering. Um, and I've got a little story about that quickly. I'll tell you, it's to do with gaming. 
I did my, I did my first year and left school electrical engineering, got my MVQ level twos, but I used to have to travel to the other side of Manchester and Premier Manager was coming out on the Mega Drive and it was the first cartridge on the Mega Drive that actually had a save battery on the inside because I've got a copy. I actually bought a copy of the game in Wales when my brother lives from a, a um, retro gaming shop last, a couple of years ago. And, and I saved up some money. It was 20, I never forget this how sad. His game was there, Manchester Arndale, 27 quid. And I bumped off uh, college because I was like, I'm not going to college today. It's Premier Manager because I used to play it on the Mega Drive, on the Amiga and stuff like that. And it was the first ever management game to come on the Mega Driver in 1995. I think it was like the November 95. And I bumped off college to get Premier Manager. So I was just like, but anyway, so I'm, I'm learning these engineering things. So important for my career. And I'm like, fuck that. We're playing games. And um, so, so I'd, I'd done that. So I'd, I did that. I got my qualification. I ended up working at Manchester Airport. Worked there for four years and I wanted to be a fireman because the fireman's job there was just amazing. It was like so interesting. You got paid loads of money, but they weren't taking anyone on. So I was like, right, well, I'll tell you what, let me try and get a job as an apprentice. They weren't taking apprentices on. So I ended up doing an admin job for like two, four years at the airport, which I didn't really want to do. But luckily I was in ground staff. I was like, I want to use my hands. I want to do something where I'm actively using my hands. I don't want to be, even though I was, even then I was massive into computers and, and technology. I was like, not really into it and i know it's in its infancy then the internet was just about to sort of break through and then um i ended up in 2000 um moved jobs i actually lost my job but there's no way i can even go through that on this story on this podcast because it'll just go on for ages the story it was something ridiculous that i did um and then as i lost it my wife was pregnant with my daughter so i was like oh my god so i got a job local and i ended up being like a Purchasing manager by proxy, my boss left. I ended up doing her job and I was like a buyer then. So I'm very good at, as you can tell, gobbing my mouth. My, my negotiations was my job. So it was all about negotiating with people. And, and I did that for four years, but I was never happy doing it. I never wanted to be in an office. I, I felt cabin fever where I was just sat in an office. And I know that's not for everyone. I've not been disrespectful to people who've worked in offices, like whether you do or anybody, but it just wasn't for me. And I was like, I have, I'm going to, I want to get out. So I basically, a friend of mine told me years ago, he, he sadly passed away. He's one of my uncle's friends. He said to me, if you ever go for a job, and he told me this was about 11 years old, he said, this is where I get the fingers of blagger, you see. He said, if you ever get to a job that you want, lie and just tell them you can do it because you've got to then make sure that you can actually uh, do the training they show you because whatever job you get, someone's got to train you up on it. And as long as you're competent, you can do it. So I've always lived by that mantra. So we all, everyone fluffs the CVs and makes sure up. If, if I see something in a job and I think, you know what, I, I'll, I reckon I can do it. I'll say I can do it. And, and you know, touch wood, it's never really bit me, but I'm sure at some point you might do. But so I got this job and then at our place where I work now, I, was, I wasn't even working with my hands. I was like, say I was a buyer. I, I, so I basically told a little bit of a white lie and got the job. And then all I've done for like the 16 years I've been there is um, repair, fix street furniture, like bus shelters, uh, advertising panels, billboards, all that stuff. Well, the billboards a little bit, but mainly, so so it's a manual job. So you're lifting glass all day, heavy stuff. You're repairing stuff. I've got hammer tools, screwdrivers in my hand. You know, I've got loads of skills now, uh, digging the flags up and all that. So I've got all that. I've got a very, very practical job. And then about... Four, uh, three years ago, I moved in. Uh, four years ago, I, I became the team leader. Um, so I was in charge of all the guys who I'd worked with 
for years. Uh, and I'm like, it's 11 of them I'm in charge of. But so I'm, I'm half in the office, half out as well. But I still get to put my eye in and put glass in. And like tomorrow I'm off to Stoke to see one of the lads. And I'm, I've got quite a lot of freedom. But my job is really is manual. Everything's a manual job, which I always wanted. I've got the calluses all over my hands. and all, But I get ripped at work. I get ripped at work because I'm a, I'm a gaming geek. I get absolutely... And, I'm not bothered. I always say to him, say, well, I'll tell you what, when you're spending 20, 30 quid, well, you used to, because you can't do it at the moment, but you're spending 20 quid, 30 quid on a few, you know, drinks. And I don't mind having a drink on a Friday night. I said, you're spending money on fags and all that stuff. I'm buying a computer game that's, you know, that I'm happy with. So what's what's your problem? You spend your money how you want. It's, it's only like, do you sit there all night? And they go, can't believe you sit there all night playing on computer games. I said, but I bet you sit there all night watching Coronation Street and EastEnders with your missus, don't you? And, all the other fucking nonsense that's on the telly. So it's 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 comparable. What you do staring at a screen is the same as me. It's just that I'm using my hands. That's it. And, you know, it's that's my baby. But yeah, so so top and tail of it is I've had a, a, a manual job for like 16 years now, which is completely the the off. I'm covered in tattoos. I don't know where everyone, most people are now, but covered in tattoos and that. You know, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't think I'm a stereotype geek until you get talking to me. And then it's like, oh, he is a geek, yeah. <laughs> I train every day. I do. I do. So I'm a qualified personal trainer. So, so uh, I was always, I was always big when I was a kid. Um, always struggled with my weight and stuff like that. And um, always trained. I've trained since I was like 10, 11 years old to try and like lose the weight and that. And then I've, I've gone through some like proper body transformations where um, I've been absolutely sh- shredded and did a photo shoot, which was the best I've ever looked in 2013 ever. And all did it naturally. There was no supplements because most people don't get ripped unless you're taking supplements, no matter what anybody, if you think, and I love the rock, if you think the rock's doing that naturally, then you need to have a serious look at yourself in the mirror. So, uh, you know what I mean? And I love the rock and I love, I'm a big, I'm a big wrestling fan. Actually, we'll get onto that as well. That's one of my things. Wrestling is, is a massive thing for me. So as well, there's a wrestler called Diamond Dallas Page. He does his yoga, doesn't he? That's what I do. So, so I've done his yoga now for six years, and I was gonna. T- I, I had um just before lockdown last year, I had an operation on my shoulder, my bicep reattached because I've had so many problems with it because of my job, because I'm lifting ridiculously heavy pieces of glass and all that and, and equipment, and then because of training, so I had to have a just as we were in lockdown. I was in lockdown for six weeks in the sling. It was ridiculous. I couldn't do anything, train properly. I've done DDP's yoga for six years, so much so that before my shoulder started playing up about two years ago, I was going to pay to become an instructor with his yoga because I believe in it that much. I do it every day. I've got the DDP mat behind me. And I vowed this year that there will not be one day that I don't do DDP yoga on top of my training. So I used to do it like, I used to do it about four times a week. Then it was like, I'd do seven and I'd do like a hundred days in a row and then I'd stop. And then I'm like, no, I'm vowing I'm doing 365 days. The streak's living on. I'm, I'm running at about 90 something. No, about 80 odd days at the moment, something like that. But uh, even if it's 10 minutes, some of half an hour sessions, some are 10, 20 minutes. I, I'm because I want to. I want to do that instructor thing. But I'm a PT from home, so so I, I've stopped doing it now, really. But I did that about five years ago. Got qualified, and I was just training people out of my house. I've got a big cabin that I had built. I built it all the weights in there, everything, but I've just stopped doing it now because it, not just because of lockdown, it just got a bit disheartened because people were like paying me and not turning up. And I was, I was saying to him like, 
I'm not like the normal PT who would say to you, because I've got a full-time job. I'm not like a normal PT would say to you, right, if you don't turn up, you've lost your session, which I should do to make them accountable. I'd be like, you'll never lose your sessions, thinking that if they missed a week or two weeks, they'd be back. Yeah, these two women, eight, eight, Dave laughs up his head off about this, the worst businessman ever. These eight sessions lasted 15 months for these two women. 15 months. And it was like, what is going on? So, so I, I've done that for years. Training is so important to me. So, so that's where I think the stereotype of not of a geek, like you're saying, I am a geek, but I'm an absolute fitness nut. Like I've, I've, I'm, I've never been ripped up or anything. I've always struck my weight. I put a bit of weight on in this last year and the last four or five weeks I've, I've dropped. I don't think I've dropped a stone yet, but I'm really dialing it in. I just got to practice what you preach. But yeah, so, so I suppose geek culture, I know everyone gets fit and we do walks and that, but I'm a proper like training. I've got a proper gym there, Olympic weight gym and everything. I bought a brand new multi-gym at Christmas and, and I'm not like some Arnie guy. I'm not like that, but it's just, that is my thing is, is gaming. Gaming probably is my biggest thing, but training is my mental health thing. That that has to be done every day. Something's got to be done with me training. Honestly, if I've got a stiff back or anything, I just need to do that straight away and I'm fine. I, and I do it every morning, usually when I get up for 15, 20, half an hour sometimes. If I have a schedule, I'm, yeah, I'm, this is when my OCD kicks in, you know, I'm so bad. When it comes to training and just being, I mean, we all have it, but you know, just being so, my training is, is just like the thing. It grounds me all day that I have to train, yeah. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes or Dummies! Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network.
All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on The Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide, what we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile Takeover, coming soon to a podcast feed near you. Hi, my name's Steve. And I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. I've had to come to terms over the last few years. I always used to say about my wife, because my wife, like, she's so great at, like, you know, the house is, our house is immaculate, you know, like, it's like a show house at times. And it's so clean, and it's so great, because I grew up in a house that was just organised chaos. So it wasn't even organised, it was just a mess. The house was just a disgrace. And I got my mum's even now, like, some of my brothers and sisters to live at home, and I'm like, how the hell did I live in, in this, you know, this this surroundings? But, but you, you learn, but... I always have said that my wife was the OCD one and she's not. I am the OCD one. So if I get up every day and it sounds so ridiculous, I have to have my porridge. I don't, matter, I don't have it at a set time usually, but I'm a massive porridge. So I never hated it as a kid, but like that's my porridge, protein, blueberries. It's got to be done. If, if I, and if I'm at work, which I haven't been, I've been in and out of like the offices because I can work from home. If I'm in work and someone starts talking to me in my porridge, I am one of the most mild-mannered plastic people, but you start pissing me about when I'm eating my porridge. I'm like, get the fuck away from me now. I'm not interested. Give me two minutes. I've sat and listened to your nonsense for ages. You know, the lads are saying, can you get me this? I get this. So I'm like, I don't care. And I'll proper like stand my foot. But so I do stuff like that. I I, I know, like, like it's, I, I'll tell you what my OCD thing is. Say you say to me, Chris, I need you. Essentially, you can pick me up at seven o'clock. I would add quarter seven, like without fail. Everyone, it's my big thing. I hate people being late and I I am never, ever late. And if I'm late, I've done it before where if I've been 15, 20 minutes late and I know I'm going to be late for work, I've rang in and said, I'm not coming in today. 
terrible. But you only realize, yeah, as you get, I don't, I'm not like that every day. You know, when, as I got older, I'm like, I've done that because I don't want people thinking that you're unreliable and that. So I'd rather ring in sick or say, what are days older? You know, it's so pathetic. Completing things, that's one of my failings. So I'm the guy who starts something and very rarely finishes it. So, so I have got a fountain of knowledge of jack of anything that I don't know, I'll research it and I'll go all in on it. And I go absolutely all in on it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you said to me, right, Chris, can you learn to bunny up on a bike or whatever? And I go, no. And then I would literally buy, I'm, I'm so bad. I would buy the bike. I'd buy the best bike out there. I'd, I'd get the best training thing. I'd buy that, you know, buy all the gear and have no idea. That is me. And and like I did, I did MMA a few. I'm a massive UFC fan. Watched UFC since the nineties, which was segued off from the wrestling. And I did MMA about three years ago, and I trained four or five times a week obsessively to the point where I thought I'm going to have an amateur fight. But I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a fighter. I've never, you know, we grew up in a tough place where you could look after yourself. But I'm not. When you've come up against a professional or someone who's a semi-professional fighter. You're getting your ass kicked. And I was getting my ass kicked by 16, 17-year-old lads, girls, levered. But I've become so obsessed with wanting to understand what it was like to be in there because I watched the UFC every week and, and I would listen to all the podcasts and everything. That I was, You know, when you just get so obsessed with someone, I was like, I've got to understand what they go through. And, uh, yeah, I learned the hard way, hence probably one of the reasons why I've said about my shoulder. It's probably one of the reasons why that happened as well. But And then all of a sudden, I just stopped. The, the, me and the trainer sort of a, a bit of a disagreement um, and I lost all respect for him and it was something he did and I was like I don't want to come in and I just do that and I just stop dead and it's weird Paul because you're right people can I'm not like that like me and Dave if me and Dave weren't together I always laugh about this we would have I would have about 200 podcasts if Dave wasn't with me we've got enough as it is but literally he he's the guy Dave always says this Dave's I'm the guy if you said to me and if he says to me I've got an idea for a podcast this is no word of a lie within an hour two hours we'd have a name we'd have a a page set up with with the RSS feed we'd have a logo we'd have a fucking jingle I'd have it all set up within the hour like I'd be on Fiverr straight away I want a logo and all I I am all in on something but then Dave's the guy he'd spend four weeks procrastinating over it so he always says we're somewhere in the middle i'm the one who says let's just do it and not think about any consequence no planning no nothing <laughs> and i think that is one of my biggest failings is I, st- I start a lot of things but there's not many things that i see through even computer games i've just completed uncharted 4 finally after five years yesterday and i've completed the, uh, the spider-man series which was amazing on the playstation 5 the, the remaster one that was out a few years ago in the miles morales game there's not many games I can wholeheartedly put my say to you that I have completed over the years because I'm a massive online gamer now, but I just lose interest. When I used to get to a hard bit, I just go, oh, I'm not doing it again. And 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 it's so bizarre. As I've got older, I've become more patient and I will persist. But when I was a kid, I just have no interest. But I would start everything and never finish it. I was I'm notorious for that. It's such a bad uh, trait, I think, at times. It's probably an inherent thing, you know, like a I was always all right at school, like, you know, in my, my exams and stuff, I did quite well, but it, it it was always one of them things where I never prepare properly. Like I, I am the guy who will just say straight to your face, let's just blag it. If I'm going into a meeting that could decide me getting 
managing director's job. I, li- I mean, I had, a meet- I had an interview the other week for something internally at work, and I did prepare for that. It's probably the only interview in my whole life because usually, because um, I was a negotiator, and usually it's all about who blinks first and just showing confidence, even if you're talking utter shit. It's just showing confidence. And 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 you, I was taught as part of my job is you have to, con- like you're almost a salesman when you're a buyer. So you have to convince them as they have to convince you. And and that was always, that's my strength is with people. So I, I've been so many interviews where I've just gone in there not having a clue about the company, anything, and just blagged it. You talked about the wrestling. When I mean, have you always been into that? How did you get into that? Well, well, I think I think the sad thing is, Paul, with the gaming and stuff, is it's it's one of them things again. Like it isn't as important as gaming. It's certainly, I don't watch it like I used to. I watch a lot of YouTube stuff now. So, so it because I don't like the wrestling now. It's so bobbins. It's just crap, PG nonsense. But but when I was a kid, so so going back to there used to be a show on ITV every half. ITV Sport for World of Sport on a Saturday afternoon. And they used to have the English wrestling, which was fucking rubbish with Big Daddy and Giant A Stacks and all these like proper, like old blokes who just couldn't move around a wrestling ring. Well, Big Daddy was a joke. Do you ever remember Big Daddy? Yeah, he was a joke. What are you? He's a, he's a uh, HB Daddy source and all that. And he was just a big guy. And his name was Shirley Crabtree, funny enough, his real name. But he, he was just rubbish and he used to just like collapse on people. And that was his that was his finishing move. So so he used to watch that. But then World of Sport with that Dickie Davis, all of a sudden he used to just start getting two or three minute segments from across in America. And I remember seeing I'd seen Hulk Hogan because I, I love Rocky films. So I remember seeing Thunderlips. And I remember they singing that. And I didn't realize he was called Hulk Hogan. So it was around about 88, eight, no, about 89, 90. And, and it was like uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. And you used to see little segments of their matches, but it'd literally be two or three minutes because it was just before Sky bought the WWF rights and stuff. And I used to think, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then I, I remember us going to a caravan weekend at a friend's caravan, and she had, before it was Sky, it was called BSB. And then you had Sky, and then BSB got bought out by Sky, and it could be Sky B. And she had BSB, and I and I remember watching. And I sat like this on this caravan, watching this American wrestler. I'd never watched a full hour of it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And it wasn't WWF; it was like one of the Southern Territories, but it had like the big muscle heads and all that. And, I'm, and I always wanted to be look like them. I was like, I always wanted to be um, like like Arnie or, or Hulk Hogan. At the, you know, when I used to see the film Rocky and that. And I remember watching it being fascinating. And then my dad got sky we were one of the we were so i'd like to say we didn't have a pot to piss in paul we had no fucking money at all but my dad went and decided to buy a subscription with sky when it first come out and we had like we had the sports channels because we we're all we're massive united fans so we, we were we watched like the football on there and um got into the wrestling watching it all on there and then on one of the german channels used to have all the pay-per-views live because you used to, have to pay from on sky but one of the german channels had german commentary but the American wrestling, the full event live. So we used to record it at midnight. So we'd be like, fuck, you know, fuck you, Sky. We're not paying 20 quid. We couldn't afford it anyway. We'd, we'd have all the, the pay-per-views on in German. And then when I left primary school, which was in 1990, and I went to secondary school, I went to grammar school, which I fucking hated, an all-boys school. I lasted a year because you couldn't play football. I used to play fucking rugby. Garbage place that was. But I probably would have done better in my career, but I hated it. There's no girls there, and I hated it. And... um. 
there was the top trumps, WWF top trumps, and the Hulk Hogan number warrior were the, were the ultimate ones. They were like 99, all of them. So I had them, and I actually had Marvel ones. So that's how I, I, it's so bizarre because we're into the comics, but I had WWF ones with Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and Hulk Warrior. They had Marvel ones with like Spider Man, four, Galact- is it Galactus and stuff? Like Galactus was like 60 feet high and all this. And and I, I didn't know, I knew Spider Man and, you know, and like them, Iron Man and that, but I didn't. So I had these top trumps. And then one of my friends gave me a, a VHS from, he gave it me 91. And it was from, nine, the VHS was from WrestleMania uh, 6. And then he gave me, so, you know, he gave it me the end of 91. So he given me Royal Rumble 91, which is from the January. And then he gave me WrestleMania 7 from the April. And I, and he were on two VHSs and he went, watch these. I've got these off one of my friends who, who, paid for it off Sky and you used to be able to record them on the, on the box office. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with like Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and at the same time, my granddad won a competition at the local video shop and he got a VHS for free every night for a year at the local video shop. I never forget. It was called titles in old Trafford. It was a massive video shop and he, he got bored of it. My nan and granddad got bored after about, three months of it. So it was about 92, this. And they just give me the car. Everyone in the family had had a go. Everyone was like, I can't watch a film every night. And so I used to walk a mile to the video shop. She was near me Nana's. I was about a mile away from me Nana's. So we used to walk from Old Trafford Metrolink, walk all the way up the road because I couldn't, I couldn't afford to get on the train or the Metrolink then. Go and get, and it was always a wrestling VHS. So they had all the VHSs. So I started with like WrestleMania 1, 2, 3, all the summer slams, and I went through every one they had in the video shop, which and I, I used to just keep renting them. And I did this religiously for like three or four. Even I got bored, I think, in the end, because I couldn't rent any. And I was only like 11 or something, or 12, and I couldn't get anything more than a PG out. So it was always the wrestling, because that was always PG. And then it just went from there. And, and the wrestling stayed with me like um, all the way through. That's how I, I passed over to the UFC, because Ken Shamrock was, was in the WWF, but he was a proper legit UFC see heavyweight champion and I, I, so they went side by side but the wrestling that the whole stone cold rock era and everything that was when my daughter was born so she was born in 2000 so i used well before she was born actually we me, we used to come around my brother-in-law and and we used to i used to smoke weed then sadly but we we used to get some wacky back here and we'd sit down on a friday and we'd have a, a load of cider smoking weed and we just sit watching the wrestling the rock austin Triple H, and then she was born. Jordan was born, and every night up till she was about five, we used to, when she was like a toddler, we used to have an hour when she's coming from work, and we just wrestle. I put the A team on, we'd watch the A team, and she would just kick the shit out of me. But when she started getting to seven, eight years old, her Rey Mysterio finishing move, which is where she used to jump off the chair and land two footed onto my stomach, fucking hurt. So I was like, no, we're not doing that anymore. So we used to wrestle all the time, and she used to drive me, my wife mad. These videos of me fighting with her and everything. So. She became a tomboy because of me because she fought into football. Played she played for United and I think she's a great footballer, my daughter. But she don't play now. It's such a good. My sister played for City and United and still plays in Canada. So the the girls are better than the lads in our family at football. Which even though we played every day, they had the proper talent to elevate themselves to a different level. But we never did. Sadly, we were just fair weather footballers. But yeah, so so the wrestling's just been there, and I, I still to this day I watch stuff on YouTube all the time on wrestling. The old, but the old stuff, I don't like any of the new stuff. And and that, I think, again, i tell you why. Because I love superhero movies. That's why I like wrestling. The, 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 I love a comeback in a movie. So Superman 2 is my favourite superhero movie ever. 
um, the Richard Lester one, not the, I know the old one, um, the, the Lester one. And it was like Richard Donner and all that. Because it's the redemption of him losing his powers and coming back. I love that in a movie. I love it when, when a, a superhero's on his arse, he's about to get levered. And they got like, that's why I always like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Because Hogan would play dead literally. And then all of a sudden he'd be like, the big finger had come out and he'd be there superhuman. He took an ass kicking for 10 minutes. The next minute he just destroys all the warriors the same. I always love them. That story of the wrestling. And all my friends said, even now, even the lads will take the piss. My game attack since 2005 on every, I mean, it was originally on Xbox live, but it still is on Xbox, but Xbox PlayStation is Hulkamania 78. The year I was born, Hulkamania 78. My favorite wrestler ever is Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I couldn't use Stone Cold at the time. So I went with Hulk Hogan. I couldn't use all my warrior because I love warrior better than Hogan when I was a kid. But um, yeah, but my favorites are Stone Cold, Ric Flair, uh, Hogan, Warrior, um, probably Shawn Michaels and that. But, but it, that's why, and even we play FIFA, my brothers and that now all just call me Hoagie as in Hulk Hogan because my character was Hulk Hogan in pro clubs and everyone in my family calls me Hoagie now. It's the escapism of the superheroes, the larger than life Big gear ads. I started training when I was 15 in the gym. I wanted to be that Hulk Hogan. I wanted to be the monster with the big arms, legs, everything. Little did I know, though, that you can't get like that naturally. So I am a biggish guy. I'm about, I'm about 16 stone. I'm a big guy, but I am not a Hulk Hogan by any stretch of the imagination. And I, it, it dawned on me when I was about 20-odd 20, 20 that was like, if I want to get like that, say my vitamins, eat my vitamins and say my prayers you've got to basically do it illegally, sadly. So yeah, I've never done that, but it was always a, a goal to be that monster, you know, like that big gym freak monster that nobody wanted to mess with. So, and I couldn't turn around to you and say that I was uh, at school. I, w- I was always one of the tallest lads. So I was very lucky that I wasn't really, it's probably the wrong thing to say. You probably was bullied at some point, but I, did, I never was physically bullied, if that makes sense. I'm sure mentally I was, there was always people riding you always was for all of us i'm sure you were the same we all had horrible people in our lives but i was always i always got away with the physical stuff because i was always bigger than most of the people in my year but i always one of them things that and i'm not a fighter like i said i'm not i did mma for three years there's no way i was a fighter i'd probably get my ass kicked but the wrestling was a massive thing and i wanted to be a wrestler at one point i actually wanted to train to become a wrestler and do wrestling so much so uh and you know scott weatherly good old scott from 20th century geek Scott was a proper wrestler and he is a proper wrestler. Oh yeah, he did it for a long time. His character was John Bull. So much so that before lockdown, me and Scott started a little plan because he was going to wrestle me in a proper wrestling match. He'd have to train. You know, I'd have to go train somewhere. 40, I mean, I'm 42 now, but like 40, I was 41. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'm fit, still fit. I want to do it. I've always wanted to do a wrestling match, always properly wanted to do a wrestling match. So I was like, I'll do it. So we started doing stupid promos at each other. It was all a work because we were good mates, me and Scott. And I'm like, he's going to kick my fucking ass in this because it hurts. I've trained a little bit in the wrestling. I know how to fall and how you you land on your elbows and all that. This, this way, because I did that when I did the MMA for the judo training and all that. And, and, I know it's hard work. I know it's, everyone's like, oh, it's fake. It's like, it ain't fake when you're falling on your pissing head and stuff. So so me and Scott, we will be having a wrestling match when everything opens up at some point. It's, but he's going to kick my ass. Dave's dying. Dave, he's dying to see it. He's going to be pissing himself because he's like, I can't wait for this. But little does Dave know that Dave could be 
my manager. And when you get a manager, that usually means they get a good chewing as well. So hopefully Scott will give him a good kicking as well at the same time. But yeah, he thinks it's hilarious that I'm going to get myself battered by Scott. <laughs> it's one of them like, you've ever going to grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life. I, I enjoy what I do. This is my hobby. You might read a book. I play a game. It's no different. You know, I've, I've picked up the guitar again. We, me and Dave were in the band for so many years. And that's why I became the singer, because I was a failed guitarist who was just too lazy to put proper time in practicing. So so people do judge me. But then, like I said earlier, when they need my help, when the son or the daughter needs a console or they want some advice on a game, because I, every single, when I finish here, I'll do the same before I go to bed. Is I'll spend 10 minutes going through every gaming site on Twitter, all the gaming people to follow, any news is broke things that are not even interesting to me that I probably won't even play. I'm so excited when I get like breaking gaming news. Every year I watch E3, which won't be on this year, sadly, because of COVID. It wasn't on last year, where they go to um, LA and all the latest games come on and every, like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they have a game show and it's on for two hours and they talk about all the new games are coming up, all the like breaking news. That is me. I sit there. I watch, one of my younger brothers will watch it with me because he is a big gamer, but you don't get the time now or one of my friends, and we might have a watch party and just the three of us do it. Because I did it, I actually had a gaming podcast before we did, uh, me and Dave did Comedy Motion. So I, I had a fitness one to start with, just for like training people and trying to help people make themselves better about themselves and, and, and you know, not to be judged and stuff. Because, you know, that's how I did the training. I was trying to help people with problems with mental health and that. So they, they were intimidated going to a gym. So I, I built my own gym, where they just come and train me one-to-one. There was no judging or anything because it is intimidating when you've got some big gear head in the gym and that's how I did and that, that was my thing and I did that and um I did that but then it segued into one called a contextual podcast which was for my love of originally pro evolution soccer on the PlayStation 2 so it, it was talking about that and then it, I, I built my own website the contextual world so contextual in gaming is so important so it looks like it's real and all that stuff so I called it contextual podcast contextual world and I built my own website and uh, it's not there now anymore, sadly, but it was something where I, I started reviewing games and stuff. And, and I still get, now I still get copies of games of people and, and like free copies of stuff and that because I had so many contacts within gaming. Because ultimately, and this is God's honest truth, ultimately, I think, I mean, he's always, I always say to me, what would you want to do? Like, you know, I want a podcast as a full time living now because I can't sing anymore like I used to. I wasn't a great singer. I'd not really got the, the passion to go out gigging like we used to. I've not done that for 10 years. If I can't podcast, then I would love to work for Sony or Microsoft. I would love to work within PlayStation. Well, more X, I'm more of an Xbox fan these days than PlayStation, but uh, I would either of them or even Nintendo, but I would love to do that as a, as a job. It'd just be, it'd probably be the worst job in the world. It'd just ruin every illusion. Like they say, don't ever meet your heroes, kids, because they're fucking horrible. Um, but yeah, I would love to, to do something like that, I think. Well, more and more of these gaming news websites are getting their own podcast. Maybe you should blag your way onto one, Anna. <laughs> I have blagged my way on a few to, as a guest, but uh, <laughs> never, never never like a full-time thing. But yeah, it, it's something that I would love to do. And probably time's going against me now because you've got to be hip and cool and I'm bloody early 40s now, so... I'd be like the old guy in the corner probably. But yeah, it's definitely something I'd love to do. I think for a lot of people and not, 
and I would never offend anybody because your hobby is your hobby. It doesn't matter to me what you do. If you if you've got something that makes you happy, and at the end of a stressful day, or you're going through some trauma in your life, we all have our go to things that ground us. Whether, like I said about training and stuff like that, it's either training for me or gaming, and and they are the two things. No matter what life crisis I'm going through. I can always go and just go, you know what? I could spend 15 minutes on Grand Theft Auto kicking the shit out of everyone and then feel better. Or I can go in the gym and, and do some weights or go on the bike and, you know, do something, put on a film on Netflix, something that takes you away. What I like about gaming and if anyone's like training is you can have the shittiest thing, you can have the most important thing going on at work that you are panicking about, how am I going to get out of this? I'm in trouble, I've done this, or how am I going to deliver whatever I've got to deliver? And then all of a sudden I'll go, you know what? Fuck that. I'm doing yoga. I'd rather concentrate on myself. I'd rather be more interested. I'm more interested. I mean, to be honest, I'll be honest with you. I'm more interested in actually holding a yoga pose or doing a certain press up a certain way or, or completing a game than I am about work. Work is just something that I do. Keep a house over my head, my wife, my daughter. Keep us happy. We want to go on holiday. We want to do different things. That's why I go to work. I don't give a fuck about work, to be honest. Work is, from the minute I started work, at 16, I hate every minute of working. And all I want to do is stay at home, game, train, repeat, go on holiday. I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Las Vegas, actually, which I've not even talked about, but my whole room behind me is full of Las Vegas stuff. I got a tattoo at Chris, just for Christmas, Vegas, on my army. I love Las Vegas. That's like, that is my place. I'm supposed to be going this year. My daughter's 21st, so I'm supposed to be going again. I love that place. That is just, oh, that is my utopia. I've got a YouTube channel where I vlog. So I vlog all my holidays, Phelps travel vlogs it is, and I vlog everything since 2018. And Vegas, we went in the November 2018 for my 40th. So I'd been in 2012 and 2013, and I've wanted to go every year. And we took Jordan in 2018, but it was pretty crap because she just turned into an adult and she couldn't drink in that. So we sort of knocked her back with some shit. But then... um I mean, all the Vegas groups online and everything as well. So um, I, I'm in with all of, not in with them, like, but I know all the vloggers, who, all the UK vloggers and some of the American ones. And every day when I'm in the gym, that's what I do. If I'm not watching gaming stuff or podcasts, podcasts about gaming or like our podcasts, uh, I'm watching Vegas vlogs. I love Las Vegas. So so um, there are other things that I do. I'm, I'm terrible, man. I should say I've got so many things going on, Paul. It's like, it's ridiculous when I'm when I'm talking about it. And I'm like, you have a sounding like such a pretentious big head. People are like, a lot of people say, how the hell do you do all this in one day? Because I've got so many things that I'm interested in that has to keep my attention. And and the, the YouTube stuff, especially, I do it all the time, the videos. Every time we go away, I'm vlogging, drive Samad. She's like, you're just such an idiot because it's like, we're on holiday. I'm like, yeah, but you know, we've got to do a vlog and, and I have people who watch us and that. I love it. I think when someone asks you what you do, I think for me, it's just my hobby. It's, it's it's a hobby. Like my wife likes all the soaps. From the minute she comes in, she'll watch all the soaps. Home and Away, Neighbours, fucking Hollyoaks, EastEnders, Emily. I cannot judge her. One, because it helps me get onto the Xbox because I could just go on there when she's watching it. And then at nine o'clock, we usually reconvene for an hour before I fall asleep. But Sometimes I'm asleep for half nine and tomorrow I've got to be up even earlier. So I know I've, but we'll sit there and watch something together for an hour or before I start gaming, say half six, seven. And I watch some of the souls, but I'm not into them. And it's usually YouTube and off. So I will never judge anybody. And But when I get judged myself, that's the first thing I say. Well, why do you sit there for three hours watching nonsense TV about fake people who don't agree? 
And then I'm going to contradict myself because I'm a massive reality TV fan. And I mean, I watch the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians. I watch all the housewife shows. That's why we did the reality one. Dave fucking hates him. And he messaged me, went, should we do a podcast about reality TV? And I went, you don't even like reality TV. He went, that's the point. And I got him into Love Island. It was originally called the Love Island cast because I love like Love Island and that. And I said to him, come on then. And we got into it and he loves it now. And me and Dave, like we have a group on Facebook. That podcast is so, so not like successful where we can give up work, but it's so successful downloads. We've put no effort into it. And we just sit there for 20 minutes, basically slagging everyone off these reality shows. And we've got a user base in America and everything. It's ridiculous, a listener base. And, and I always say today, say, how the hell have we blagged that? Because it's just us just being a pair of cocks talking about reality TV, which is fake anyway. It's not even real. It's a reality. It's not real. It's all set up. And I'm like, how is this possible? And we can't figure it out. We put so much effort into the Comics in Motion podcast, the VHS Strikes Back, even the Office one, we do back to the office. You know, we're all together and I love it. But it's like, it makes no sense whatsoever. That That is the most unprepared podcast and everybody just tunes in it's stupid but we it's, it's something i love reality tv i could watch you said to me chris there's a 10-part series on netflix you've literally got to get my arm up my back and threaten me with a a gun or a knife and say you're going to watch it i will not watch it but if you tell me there's two blokes in a shed with a camera on him talking shit for 20 minutes reality tv i am there i am there 100 percent. i have i do not apologize for that one bit you are the um the walking example of people will like what they like. Yes, yes. And, and 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 when the Kardashians are on, I put it on Facebook on purpose, Paul, and I put the trailer up and go, I cannot wait. And all I get is my mate. They probably slag me off more from reality TV watching. And I do it as a joke because I know I'm going to get stick. And they're all like, there's something wrong with you. And, and you're drinking Prosecco as well. I'm like, oh, I don't like beer. I don't like beer at all. First hangover was with beer when I was 16. Never drank it since. So I drink Prosecco, Jack Daniels and that, but... Yeah, I get ripped to pieces and I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it on the podcast when people are ripping me because it's just like, I don't take myself seriously. I don't care what you think. I am me and that's it. If you're not unique, then what's the point? You know, what's the point? You're only here once, mate. You've got to be. You can hear more from Chris on his podcasts, Comics in Motion, VHS Strikes Back, Chris and Dave's reality cast, and back to the office. If you'd like to contact him, you can do so on Twitter at ChrisPhelps78. Phelps is P-H-E-L-P-S. And you can also challenge him on any gaming service. His username is Hulkamania78. Geek is a super dummy production for Fantastic Universes. Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk. You can support the show and fantastic universes by joining our Patreon, patreon.com 
slash fantastic universes. You've got to get up ridiculously early. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a place to stop. <laughs> oh, Paul, absolute star man for having me on. I'm so pleased that we finally spoke properly. And, and you know, it's not through message or anything. Like that. It's such a nice person. And I'm so glad that you've had me on just to talk about everything that I love. It's just great. <laughs> really oh, you're good. A flatterer. Thank you so much for doing this. And, no, and also, if you do what I say, Paul, that my episode was the best you've done, especially when Dave came on. I've got no problem with that. If you want to promote me as the best guest you've had on and just tell Dave especially. Yeah, and just tell Dave yeah. exactly what yeah, you think. I'll let him know. I've got no problem about, with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me, really. 